Hello and welcome, fellow film buffs. I'm Zach Droll, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile, Hunter Van What's up? We are the box office losers. Each and every week, we deep dive into the movies here <laughs> to watch, <laughs> review, any old films ever grace your screen or the silver screen. And this week, we're talking about mall rats. I thought you said you were over your cough, and then you give me a... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I've been eating spicy Wendy nugs, so my throat's like yeah. spicy Wendy nugs and monster. Who are you, the perfect man? <laughs> <laughs> if only <laughs> it's Apollo. We gaze upon him. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. So yeah. So guys, we're talking about Mallrats today. Another uh, movie in the View Askew universe. Hell yeah, dude. We did Clerks, and now we're here. So I, I mentioned this in my mid-movie notes I've been mentioned here. Um, if you really think about it, Captain Marvel is canon in the VSQ universe. Why? And so the Stanley um, cameo in Captain Marvel, he is reading the script to Mallrats. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that, that doesn't mean Mallrats is canon in... Uh, Captain Marvel isn't canon to Mallrats. That means um, Captain Marvel has a canonical Mallrats movie in its timeline. The MCU has a Mallrats. That's what it means. I know, but I'm saying that that means she's canon to technically, in a way, the the, the outside world of the View Askew universe. Uh, The View Askew adjacent? (laughs) Yeah, so she... she, So, so Marvel, that means there are superheroes technically... In the View Askew world. Adjacent, yeah. That's pretty cool to think about. Yeah. That's just a big old Kevin Smith move, plus Stan Lee is, uh, you know, a super fun dude. Yes. So. As uh, as we'll tell when we talk about stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so, before we get into stuff, um, if the notes are fucked up, that's on me. That's because I just, because I had to do the notes today. Yeah, and my, my uh, co-worker got sick with the Rona, so I've been doing uh, a lot more work at the shop, so I didn't really have time to do the full notes. I did do the rest of it, though. I didn't give you that much to do. <laughs> I know, but for me, I go, uh, notes, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that because well, I've, I've been doing them for the last 20 or so episodes, so I know what to get, to pick out and put in here. And I don't. I just go, well, I th- I, I did you it went, for... This looks good. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did it for um, Halloween. I know that. Oh, yeah, you did it for... Yeah, because I did Halloween, too, or vice versa. Yeah. All right, um, Hunter, do you want to get into that overview and the cast? Because I can't yeah. read last names to save my fucking life. Yeah, and there's a couple weird last names in here. So, Mallrats is a 1995 American romantic buddy comedy film written and directed by Kevin Smith, starring Jason Lee, Jeremy London, Shannon Doherty. Oh, there's a lot of cast members here. We'll get to the cast in a sec. It is the second film in the View Askew universe after 1994's Clerks, although chronologically, Mallrats takes place a day before. Yes. That's cool. Which is weird when you see, um, I guess, d- technically, um, Dante's character. Yeah. Well, well, well not, not character, but actor. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I realized that, because yeah, they talk about, um, the girl's death. Mm-hmm. And how, like, oh, yeah, she died, she died from a backstroke. A uh, backstroke? Oh, wait, that's the same chick? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. I did not put like, that together. Yeah, because, like, well, yeah, I, 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 now it, it kind of makes sense. 
But also, it doesn't make sense in the fact of which that, um, uh, both, uh, Jay looks fucking old as hell in this movie. Jay looks looks a bit older, but Dante looks younger. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But, so, let's get to the cast members. So, Shannon Doherty plays Renee Moser. Jeremy London plays T.S. Quint. Jason Lee is Brody Bruce. Claire Forlani is Brandy Svenning. Ben Affleck is Shannon Hamilton. Uh, Shannon Hamilton. Uh, Joey Lauren Adams is Gwen Turner. Renee Humphrey is Trisha Jones. Jason Mewes is Jay. Kevin Smith is Silent Bob. Ethan Soup Lee is William. And I thought his name was uh, Willie before. William. And then Stanley is himself. Along with Michael Roker playing uh, Renee's dad, I believe. No, Brandy's dad. Brandy's dad. I knew it was one of the two girls. Um, I, 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 so like both, like this was your first time seeing it, I think, right? Yep. And, uh, I got some stuff to say. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, I, I, we'll this movie that. definitely <laughs> does not hold its, its own after. No, it doesn't even hold like to the test of time. There's a lot of stuff in here where I was like, yowchies, yeah. Kevin, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I gave this movie a, like a, like a, a slight bump higher than you. Cause I also, I, I just like Kevin Smith movies and also. I have a soft spot for Jason Lee, to be honest. Well, I like Kevin Smith movies, too. Kevin Smith's one of my favorite people, like, ever. It's just, I don't know, this one just didn't hit for me. Like, Clerks is such a good movie. And even, I even like the Jay and Silent Bob movies. I just, this one, I was just like, it's okay. I can see why people like it, but it's not for me, you know? I, I just have a soft spot for, for, for Jason Lee, because I, I, I like his stuff. My name is Earl. Hell yeah! So good. Which then, left on a, which the, the show got canceled on a cliffhanger. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of rumors going around still even to this day that they're gonna try to finish it with a movie, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get away with it at some point, especially with the streaming market. Netflix oh, could like, pick it up. Peacock or, could pick it up, even though I don't want them to. Or, um, or, or, or even Amazon. no, um, because um, because I think because the rerun rights. No, it'll be on it'll be on HBO Max because it originally ran on TBS. There we go. HBO Max, bring it to me. That'd be great. That's how I know that could get good. Cause like, I, I, I like, I liked my name is Earl. That was my show. Oh, I my watched. name is Earl was awesome. I, I watched that show a lot when I was growing up. Like mm. that, that was on every morning before I went to the bus stop for like high school. Yeah. So like I, I grew up with that show and I loved it. I remember binging it in like the course of like a couple months uh, when it was on Netflix. It, it's a very interesting show to watch. Cause like yeah, it's you both stupid, get, but um, it's awesome. <laughs> Because you get um, Ethan Supley as well, yeah, he's Randy. and Jason Lee both in mm. there, and Ethan Supley. If you see him now, oh, he's giant. Holy he's ripped. Shit. He said um, a while back. He said the most he weighed was in this movie, Mallrats, and then he was slowly losing weight throughout the years. If you watch him in um, the Ranch, uh, the final season of the Ranch on Netflix, he's looking a little thin. He's still a little fat. But if you look at his Instagram now, he is a giant. Oh man, he looks really good. Good for him. Yeah, he is. He he is like, hey man, you, you were body goals for someone, kind of like me who got who gained a lot of weight during uh, quarantine. Yeah, he said. Um, he, all he did was just he's like, I started biking. That's all I did. He's like, I just biked everywhere, and then I had a bike machine at home, and I just did that. Peloton, and then he started man. working out more. So, yeah, the Peloton stuff, and then he started working out uh, more. So he said. I wonder how they're gonna if, if if they do pull the trigger on making like a movie about this. They would just say he gonna... just like he just like, hey, ugh. 
something Randy would do. He's like, one day I just started walking and I didn't stop. And look at me now. <laughs> yeah, that, that could work. And, and he grew a beard. So, yeah. yeah. I like he um, to just shave that off. Uh, the budget of this film and the box office numbers are fucking abysmal. I mean, the bo- when you have a small budget, that's pretty good. But when your box office is just as low, it's not that good. Uh, the, the budget of this film, guys, was six point one million, and okay. only made back two point one. Which Crazy. is like, I, uh, it, it's sad. This is his second film, so I can understand why he went with like a bigger budget. But then the movie ended up being a little bit worse because he was like, "I have a bigger budget. Let's do some stuff." And then the stuff that he tried just didn't work out as well. As opposed to that Clerks. Is very true. But as it goes on, Kevin Smith movies have gotten better and better. So, And just so I can get the brunt of it, I'm going to read the first, uh, I guess, like four things four. here. The first four. Okay, good luck. Well, th- th- <laughs> that th- that's just to take off, like, a lot of the pressure. Because I just, like, I just... Because technically the, the first four is all that was originally there on, 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 on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Then I just started taking random stuff from Wikipedia that was there, which we totally don't take from at yeah, all. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but beyond that, no, this stuff is not cited, so who knows who the fuck wrote this? Yeah. Uh, after after the success of the independent hit Clerks, writer director Kevin Smith and his best friend producer Scott Moser <clears throat> began to work on their second film. After a screening of Clerks, producer. Uh, James Jack, uh, James Jacks approached them to do another film for Universal Studios. Uh, Smith soon finished the script for his new film, and casting began. Uh, Jeremy London, as an actor with a TV series and a few films of his credit, was cast as T.S. Um, Henry Thomas was the finalist of the role. Uh, no citation there. <laughs> Shane uh, Shane Dorothy was the most famous cast member after he appeared in several films and the hit TV show Beverly Hills 90210 and uh, um, yeah, my bad. Jason Lee uh, was cast with no prior acting experience. Wow, really? He was the best character in this whole thing. He's, cause he, he's a relatable guy. That's true. That's a very Kevin Smith move. Uh, before the film, Lee was a professional skateboarder. Yeah, I knew about And that. Adam Sandler and Steve and Steven Zen were the finalists. Whoa! Dude, it says, it says citation needed, so it might just be some guy. I heard this once, but imagine Adam Sandler as Brody. That would be an entirely different movie. Because, well, actually, that, that, that wouldn't make sense. Because, well, it would, because the 90s, Adam Sandler was... He was young and good-looking. Who, who, uh, can you do a quick Google search on that Stephen guy to see who he was? Steve Zahn is a comedy actor. He was in Knights of Badass. He was one of the voices in one of the uh, New Planet of the Ape movies. Okay. He's, he's a big guy, but he's not like... Uh, he's the dad from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Okay, okay. Yeah, you've seen his face before. He would have yes. worked back in the day. Yeah, I think... like. But Jason we, oh, Lee like nailed it, I think. Oh, he did. I, seeing Adam Sandler, that, I guess because at the height of that, Adam Sandler was doing... His um his Happy Gilmore or hat or like the uh the uh the Happy Madison stuff. Yeah, he was probably too busy. Uh, for, uh, both both Sandler and Stephen were up for the Brody role. Uh, Ben Affleck, who was a relative unknown at the time as well, was cast as Shannon Hamilton. I can That's believe that. Weird. I think Ben. I think Ben Affleck wasn't too big back then either. Ben was. Yeah, Ben was like just getting into acting, and he was friends with Kevin, and that's why he was I, in this movie. 
I, and I then love he how came he... back for favors, and that's what the joke is. The, the running joke is he's always coming back for favors. I like how um they in the opening credits they had him as Buttman, then soon later he'd be playing Batman. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Uh, who was relative unknown at the time? Then uh, Shannon Hamilton, Joey Lauren, um, Adam was cast as uh, Gwen Turner. She later dated Smith, really? and during that and during that time, he wrote the main character in Chasing Amy for her. Interesting. Ethan Supley was cast as William Black. Uh, Scott Moser was supposed to reprise the role. But Smith and the film's producers were so impressed with Supley that they casted him instead. Once again, citation needed. All this stuff is not sourced. So who knows who wrote this? It's all good. Uh, the most troublesome role to the cast was Jay, as Universal did not want Jason Mewes to have the role. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that he played him in Clerks. And the character of Jay is based on him. Muse had to audition for the part against actors such as Seth Green. Oh, my and, God. And Birkenmeyer. Birkenmeyer, that's Birkenmeyer. crazy. Imagine if Jay wasn't Jason Mewes. Oh, my God. That oh that hurts me in my soul. Imagine yeah, if Seth does. Green was saying snoochie booches. Oh, no, dude. I would <laughs> I would go home. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. like, Birkenmeyer's got some charm, but Seth Green, he was big at the time. But Seth Green, snoochie boochies. No thanks, dude. The robot chicken ha- guy. <laughs> no, have him do it in, in Chris's voice. <laughs> Snoochy boochies. <laughs> oh man, the, the film grossed four hundred thousand dollars on its uh, on its Friday gross on eight hundred screens. It's pretty good on eight hundred screens. The film made um one point two million its opening weekend, then grossed two point one million at the box office. Overall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I had to take a nice cough because I'm dying of spicy nugs. <clears throat> the spicy nugs. Um, Mallrats was the subject of much critical uh, desertion, right? No. D- oh, God. <clears throat> critical desertion when uh, it was released, with, with many critics comparing its unfavorable to Smith's first film, Clerks. In his negative review of the film, critic Roger Ebert gave the film one... One and a half stars out of four, saying before Mallrats was released, I. What is that word? Ch- uh, well, I don't know where you are. Uh, the the Roger Eper gave this film one and a half stars. Before Mallrats was released, I chaired a panel. Okay, I oh I chaired. Means he sat down in a panel with Kevin Smith and talked. To him. I, I I shared a panel. Chaired. That Smith participated in. Kevin Smith cheerfully said he'd be happy to do whatever the studio wanted. If they paid for his film. At the time, I thought he was joking. Kevin Smith responded by apologizing for Mallrats at a 1996 Independent Spirit Award. Though he later stated that the apology was made in jest. Despite it all, the film developed a cult following after it was released on video. Interesting. In 2005, a 10th anniversary DVD was released um, containing the original version of the film featuring from... The pre- uh, features from the previous DVD release and all the new extended cuts of the film with over 30 minutes of additional footage and subplots. I kind of want to watch that one. I watched the one on your movies anywhere and it wasn't the I know. anniversary one. I know. I, I was kind of sad that it wasn't there. All right. Do you want to pick it up? Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the alternate stuff now from the movie uh, from the 10th anniversary. So um, 
An alternate opening scene in which Mr. Svenning hosts a ball for the governor of New Jersey, played by Elizabeth Ashley. Um, in this scene, uh, Quint is dressed as a colonial musket man. He accidentally gets his musket tangled up in Brandy's hair, then accidentally shoots the governor on the roof of a school, which ends up costing um, Michael Roker's character his reputation as well as a big pay raise. This explains the reason why Svenning shows an intense dislike for Quint and why Brandy is so intent on breaking up with him. This scene also makes no mention of Julie Dwyer's death, as the theatrical cut did. Uh, the cut mm. subplot was referenced in the final cut of the movie, where the TV execs mentions that uh, he shouldn't repeat what happens at the governor's ball, which is a little weird. But um, multiple lines throughout the movie were are oh, restored. God, no related... here. I'm yeah, I can... sorry about that. I'm not... I, I can see the break. Uh, multiple okay. lines through the movie are restored, related to Quint's attempted assassination of the governor. Many of the uh, have widely Many of these have widely different reasons uh, for having Quint on the news, such as Shannon's claim that he tried to kidnap the president's daughter, an extended sequence at Brody's house where Quint is hounded by the media as a result of his actions. I kind of want to see the extended cut, uh, including several uh, TV movie offers, including some scenes where Quint also makes uh, known that he wants to propose to Brandy. A scene in which Brody and Quint arrive outside Mr. Svenning's house so Quint can try to reconcile and during the confusion. Uh, thanks to the news crew chasing Quint, Brody implies that Mr. Svenning and Brandy take a plot in satanic rituals. Of course they are. <laughs> and the news crew footage uh, sees Svenning doing martial arts in a bath towel. Some of the footage has been re-edited and that's what the new intro we see where uh, Svenning, uh, Michael Roker, we get to see his little butt cheeks. Uh, we got to see a shot that shows we would have got to see a shot that shows quick stop from clerks and then a new subplot showing Brody's intentions of wanting to be on television which explains his surprise looked during his appearance on truth or date um, um, yeah. you want me to pick up some uh, yeah you can read the next one if you want uh, an extended arrest scene um, in which oh wait, the scene with Miss um, Evlon was has several r- restored lines. I guess that was the um, the fortune teller. Yeah, the fortune teller with the with the fake third nipple. <laughs> she eats it at the end. I know. Ah, the fuck. <laughs> I think it was candy, but still. <laughs> um, an extended arrest scene in which uh, Lil Flores wanted to put Brody and TS into jail. Um, for an extended period of time, rather than overnight, when the pair were were initially arrested, an extended fight scene between Brody and Shannon ha- and Ben Affleck's character Shannon Hamilton, in which Hamilton tells Brody to forget Renee. An extended rant from Mister from uh, I'm gonna say Michael Rooker's character. I'm not gonna yeah say set like Sevings. Um, an extended scene from from Rooker's character as riddle T.S. letting it slip that he that he intended to pr- propose to Brandy <clears throat> the scene where Rooker meets Brody before he has both Brody and T.S. removed while LaFleur has several restored lines and ends with more finger and hand licking of the melty pretzel chocolate um Rooker after uh chocolate by uh by Rooker after the boys are removed was that supposed to be poop by the way no, so remember, like, um... I don't remember the scene. Like, I I think I looked well, down because well, I was Remember, Brody, Brody put his hand up his ass. That's what it was. And okay. did the palm stink thing. Okay, that's what it was. That's why, that's why he was all of a sudden sick after it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was because he pooped in the bag and then shook it up and then gave him poop-covered pretzels. 
No, th- th- that would have been too obvious of a flavor. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. That's what I thought A it was. scene after True for Date in which Rooker demands to have T.S. and Brody move arrested, but instead he is one who was arrested and it turns out that Rooker was the producer of the show. He faces multiple FCC fines for Brody's <laughs> antics. He's being a dick on TV. Um, an extended uh, Where Are They Now ending sequence in which uh, Rooker is shown at his job at the network as a janitor, along with his production assistant still wearing his headset. Uh, Shannon and Shannon Hamilton is shown screaming after his rape. <laughs> Youchies. Yeah, gotta love it. <laughs> a scene that shows um, Trisha. Trisha flirting and having sex with Will Floors in order to distract him from catching Jay and Silent Bob. This explains the final segment in which Where Are They Now ending sequence showing Will Floor kissing Trisha during the book signing. Yeah, that was Still a little weird. weird. I thought it was just like, oh, they're hooking up, whatever. No, I, like, I thought... she was I trying to bang was, old people again. I, I thought that was like, um... I see them in this. Maybe they're related somehow, like an uncle or a family member. I guess. Kind of doing like the subtle kiss on the head. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start reading some off. So, as okay. explained by Kevin Smith in the introduction, most of the scenes were reworked because the test audience's negative reaction. Some of the dialogue had been redubbed in theatrical release, but it was restored in this version. For example, the man who runs up and is subsequently punched by Quint outside the mall... Near the end, originally asked um, if he had seen Quint on CNN, whereas the theatrical cut, he asked Quint if he had the one who broke up with Brandy. Other extended scenes had notable jump cuts. The original DVD's deleted scenes reel also featured the first draft opening sequence in script form. Here, with Quint is attempting to um, is competing on the college game show produced by Brandy's dad. Uh, he accidentally mispronounces the answer, uh, Bay of Biscuit, as Bay of Biscay. <laughs> um... His team loses, and in the confusion, Quint accidentally damages a camera, and he has to pay for it. Um, Brandy then breaks up with him, and a man on the bus mistakenly thinks Quint will kill him after seeing him on the news report. Uh, several alternate ending, uh, openings with different voiceover spiels from Brody, including one where he recounts the events uh, up to him being assaulted by Hamilton on Truth or Dare, were seen in that reel as well. The film was released on Blu-ray in 2014, and it used dialogue, noise reduction, and edge enhancement as a part of the uh, 1990s Best Decade Collection. The menus were replaced with uh, the mandated menus for Focus logos, were updated to the logo, the Universal logos, and uh, it was released in Ultraviolet and iTunes as well through Universal. So those are all the notes we have on. Remember when Ultraviolet this... was a thing? It, I don't know. You don't remember that? I remember those fucking commercials. It was an iPad thing. And I was always want it. Because they were well, playing Fairly Odd Parents. Odd Parents, Fairly Odd Parents. Alright, so let's move on to the plot of Mall Rats. Do you want to open it up, Chief? Yes. College student T.S. Quinn is preparing for a trip to Universal Studios Florida in Orlando with Brandy um, Svevings. During which uh, he plans to propose her. However, during Brandy the Jaws t- scene. <laughs> yes, d- d- during the Jaws part of the Universal Backlot ride. Um, during which he proposes. However, Brandy tells him she cannot go due to having uh, uh, volunteered. volunteered. Yeah. I know, I, m- my brain fucking died. Mm. Volunteered to film, uh, to, to fill in as a contestant on True for Date. Her father's dating game. Show because the original contestant had died from an um, embolism 
bursting in her brain while swimming 700 laps at the YMCA following T.S.'s uh, comments regarding her weight. T.S. dismisses the blame, and they argue over this and break up. T.S. turns to his best friend, Brody Bruce, who has been dumped by his girlfriend, Renee, and Brody suggests that the two might find comfort at the local mall. Yeah. It's a super weird film. Like I, don't, I when I first started watching this film, I thought Brody worked at the mall. I thought no, he was okay, like um, he worked at the comic book store. Okay, so I think I um I, I added a bit to your notes. So remember um no cuz um in I think in when Strikes Back or in Reboot, they um uh, after after he kind of wins his own show, Mm-hmm. It gets canceled. He then buys his own show. He buys his own um shop. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, because yeah. I've seen the, I saw the two Jay and Silent Bob movies before I saw this one, and that's why I was confused. I was like, I thought he worked at the comic book store. And uh, that's, was... that's why I added to your note saying you might not think it's canon because Brody does nothing. No, his show gets canceled. Oh, okay, and he gotcha. Takes the money. Yeah, there's this show. um, so like they open up this movie with a bunch of sequences like comic books. Yes. But the show, the movie has like no comic book references in it, at, like at all, besides Brody's room and Stan Lee, and also um, the Batman uh, the sex ears organs. That, uh, the what? The multiple the, the multiple times Brody was like, "Is um is Mister Fantastic's cock stretchy?" Yeah, but that was the that was in the Stan Lee scene though. Uh, there's also um, and then where Bob wears the Batman um cape and ears. <laughs> And also the bat, um, and the bat, uh, grappling hook. Yeah. But that's not like, that doesn't make it a comic book movie just because there's little dumb shit in it. Like, I thought it was, like, supposed to be about Brody working at a comic book store and then Quint goes there and then they have, like, clerky-esque situations at a mall. Not just people hanging out in a mall doing dumb shit. Oh, that's what I originally thought, too, going into it. But I, I didn't really care too much. Mm Mm-hmm. But hey, it's um, it, it's a decent movie nonetheless in that mm-hmm. regard. It has like you don't see anything comic book wise, but you get subtle nods. Like we get our first um, like like view of Bluntman in a way. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. We get some stuff, but it's just it's not the same. I don't know, man. It's a little weird. Um, let, let's move on with the plot before I get caught up on some dumb stuff. So. Brody and Quint discover Truth or Date is being filmed at the same mall, which is uh, what Brandy's dad uh, runs, through their friend William, who throughout the entire film tries to see a sailboat at a Magic Eye poster. He is a wasted character. He should have been doing more stuff. Question now, when they showed it the first time, did you see a sailboat? I didn't even try. (laughs) Did you? This is my third time watching this movie. I can't see a fucking thing. I didn't even try. Um, the two ask local slackers Jay and Silent Bob to destroy the show's stage, a task for which they devise elaborate but ultimately unsuccessful plans. Brody and Quint run into Tracy, uh, Trisha Jones, a 15-year-old senior who is writing a book on the sex drive of men ages 14 to 30. I have many problems with this. We'll get to it later. Um, <laughs> for which she has sex with various men as research and films every encounter. Also have problems with that. She then reveals that the previous night she had had sex with Shannon Hamilton, a 25-year-old clothing store manager who hates Brody because of his lack of shopping agenda. That's just dumb. Well, hell, okay, okay. 
I you say I will remember line, she though. gets consent for the filming. No, no, no. I I have it in my notes. I just have to talk about it when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> Brody then learns that Renee has begun a relationship with Shannon. Brody can Bro, it's Renee, been a day. Uh to find out about more about the relationship. The two have sex in a very large elevator, and it's also the longest elevator ride in the history of the no, world. No, I um, I think what I think probably what he does, I think he does the emergency stop. Maybe because remember, because it, it, it reopens on the same floor. Yeah. Um, in, in a very large elevator, Brody is it's later um abducted and attacked by Shannon, who intends to have sex with Renee in a very uncomfortable place, probably a Volkswagen. <laughs> As a result of the incident, Jay and Silent Bob assault the mall's Easter Bunny. <laughs> I love yep. that scene. <laughs> Under the incorrect assumption that he attacked Brody. It's cool that Jay and Silent Bob are actually like friends with Brody and Quint, as opposed to um, Dante and, oh god, the guy from the first one. Randall. Who, Randall. And they do not like Jay and Silent Bob. I mean, Randall kind of does, but not really. And Dante just kind of puts up with them because they're there. You know? Yeah. But I I, so, I saw this scene when they beat the fuck out of Easter Bunny. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Um, Brandy's father, Jared, has Brody and Quint arrested on false charges of drug possession at the mall. Jay and Silent Bob are able to rescue Brody and Quint, and they hide out in the local flea market, where they meet topless fortune teller Ivana, who gives them both advice on their relationship problems. Quint decides to win Brandy back, and the two return to the mall. This movie pushed its R rating to the max. Dude, yeah, they had a couple scenes of boobies in it. Like, they had um Chasing Amy, like, titties and, like, trying on panties and stuff. And I was like, yeah. this is a lot. Like, this doesn't seem like a Kevin Smith movie. This is, like, extra horny. And then we have um Ivana with her fucking three nipples just hanging out for, like, a good ten minutes. I was like, this is weird. This is yeah. super weird. Yeah, I, I, the, like, I, I'm all like, hey, like, sex sells in a movie. Oh, for sure. But, like... But there's a point at which where it's just a little bit too much. It's too gratuitous. And it, this it, wasn't even like it was forced. It was just weird. You know what I mean? Like, like, there's forced nudity, and there's just weird nudity. Like, this didn't need to be here. Like, how, like, I, like, I'm going to give it, like, an instance Who of, Who tries like, a leather jacket with no shirt on? Yeah. Who does that? Who knows? This is weird. This is weird. Like, I'm going to, like, I, I, I give an example of, um, of which, like, uh, in, like, Hangover Part 2. Where they go to the she-male strip club. Like, that's like, because it's, it's there. You, you see tits for, like, a good five minutes. But, but the payoff at the end is amazing. Well, also, yeah, that's funny. Like, it makes sense. They're going to a strip club. They're hanging out at the mall. Well, at a and they go flea, to the market. flea market. And then they go to the flea market. And then they see the topless fortune teller. And I was like, this is just a little weird. Like, but, I, was, I, I was okay with, um, with the... Ones in the mall because they're quick. They were yeah, snappy. I guess yeah. It, it's not like with this one where it's like it was just like oh okay we're just watching this. Yeah, it was just like here it is here's some boobies. So before uh, the show begins, Brody yeah. meets famed Marvel legend Stan Lee, R.I.P., who gives him advice on romance, which is weird. After this, Brody requests that his friend Trisha Jones retrieve footage of her having sex with Shannon. I have problems. Meanwhile, Quint also persuades Jay to get the two on the game show. Contest the other two guys in the game show stoned, which allows Brody and Quint to replace them on Truth or Date. I actually, I I want to talk about this Stanley stuff. Like I I want I it was weird when he gets romantic advice 
Because Stanley has always been like, a, he loved his wife to death. Yeah, I know. So it was weird that he was like, the one that got away. I was like, he was like mad obsessed with his wife. He was like the first ever soup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also like, uh, you mentioned, you know, it's him with a beard is fucking amazing. Oh, he looked good with the beard. I was like, damn, why'd they make him shave his beard for every Marvel cameo? Like, what the hell, man? He looks great he, with he the was, beard. Well, okay, well, th- there's also is a slight rumor as to why they kind of did that. I will talk to you about that either after the notes or after the plot summary. Sure. Um, yeah, like I, I, I loved like one like this is one one of my favorite cameos by Stanley on top. It's not of, even really a cameo. He's like in the movie. <laughs> well, like it's that. Then also, like I am also like I loved his cameo, of course, in Captain Marvel because it's a Mallrat reference, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Yeah, it's good stuff. I miss Stanley's cameos. Yeah. There was a rumor going around that Stan Lee was supposed to be was supposed to be Old Man Cap at the end that's, of Endgame. That's what I was going to bring up. Okay, yeah. I don't know if I was talking about it with you or if I was talking about it with um, my other friends, but there was this rumor, like I said before, where he was supposed to be Cap. The only cameo that wouldn't have made sense would have been the Captain Marvel one, where he's reading the Mallrat script, which would have been weird. <laughs> and then um, the one where he shows up in Captain America, the first Avenger, as the war veteran. Other than that, that though, he could have been. Other than that, he could have been old man. Um, he could have been old man Steve the whole time. Other than those two, I think. Um, it, you, you're and right. Maybe the I, one, in, and maybe the one in Ragnarok. That was a little weird. Where he was the space barber. Maybe that one. That is true. Like I was, I was thinking about that. Well, no, I'm really thinking about it now because you brought up like individual ones. Yeah. Like if you think about it as a whole, it would be really cool. But, like, if you pick out a couple of them, you're like, yeah, the theory is a little off, but, like, they could have made it work. Yeah. It's Marvel. Uh, During the show, Brandy recognizes the voice of Brody and T.S. After, like, doing a lot of bullshit for a couple minutes. After an on-air argument. I would have recognized Jason Lee immediately. I would have been like, this is not the guy. This is obviously Brody. What's going on? (laughs) After an an on-air argument between them and Sue. What's making Whoopi? (laughs) Aren't you about fucking? (gasps) (laughs) Uh, Brody ultimately gets the two of them to stop arguing, explaining that T.S. has been pinning, uh, uh, has been pinning, uh, pinning, pinning for Brandy all day. Uh, then T.S. proposes to Brandy and she accepts. As the police arrive to arrest T.S. and Brody after the show is over, Silent Bob plays the sex tape of, of Shannon and Trisha, resulting in his arrest of statutory rape. I have problems. <laughs> before Renee renews the relationship as well as a result. Cool. So the conclusion reveals that T.S. Uh, that Quint marries Brandy at Universal Studios while in the Jaws attraction. Trisha's book's a bestseller. Weird. I have problems. Shannon is imprisoned and subsequently raped. Super fucking weird. Uh, William eventually William eventually does see the sailboat. Dumb. And Brody becomes a host on The Tonight Show, which is weird, with Renee as his band leader. And Jay and Silent Bob get an orangutan named Suzanne, which I think shows up in uh, Strikes Back. I, I think Strikes Back, but like, it, but but they—it's a different monkey. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I want to see um, who raped uh, Shannon. To be honest, I'm kind of curious. God, oh, the actor? I, yeah, I, I, I don't see remember who it was. It was probably the Big Show. <laughs> Just because. But Mike, 
Oh, man, this film did, this film aged worse than Clerks, to be honest. It aged like a fine cottage cheese. (laughs) That it did. So, I'll start off with my mid-movie notes as you look up who raped Ben Affleck. So, um, I said, uh, this movie feels like the most indie film Kevin Smith has ever done. And that's saying something because Clerks is a thing. Um, next up. That chick died? What the fuck is this line of dialogue? Where she swam 700 laps and then died. I didn't realize that it was connected. I kind of like it a little bit more now that I know it's connected to Clerks. But I kind of hate it because it's just dumb. Uh, Michael Roker is the dad. That's cool. He's got some golden cheeks right there. Uh, Jason Lee is great, but the scene is mad weird where he's introduced. Where he's like, he wakes up and he looks for his controller. And then he like... Just starts playing video games. I'm like, what's happening? Why is this? What? Why? We what, don't find this? out. I, I tried seeing it. Um, it's just weird. Oh, you don't find out who the actor is? It's probably nobody. Or it's no, probably but, one um, of his friends. But I, I think to touch on your note, um, uh, Shannon does get mentioned in Chasing Amy, but it's not Ben Affleck who who's in Chasing Amy. So the character of Shannon. Oh does yeah, get yeah, mentioned. yeah. I'll get there. Yeah. Um, a really uh, a line of dialogue that I liked but wasn't able to make sense of it at my um, review was touch not lest you be touched which I thought was just funny (laughs) yeah Uh, I said Ben fucking Affleck didn't know he was in this movie does he play two characters in this franchise or is it the same character it's two different characters yeah it's um Shannon and then I think the other one's name is like Oh, God, is it, like, fucking Franco or something? I think so. Um, Ethan Soupley is a, is really believable here. <laughs> yeah. He's just got, he's just got really good delivery, that's what it is. In every, in everything uh, Ethan is in, he's got really, really good delivery. So, it was really cool. Um, Jay and Silent Bob, they're the boys. <laughs> um... Jason looks like a baby. Somehow he looks younger in Clerks than he did, but maybe it's because it's in color. Yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> the name of the the name of the fucking cookie store in there is called Time for Cookies, which I thought was super funny. <laughs> I I, I love their dialogue of like you know that's not a food court option. That is a mid mall snack location. <laughs> Time that's for a cookies. very cool. Like hey, I that, that that's I like that I like that uh, uh, bit of dialogue between them. Yeah, I got some. I got a little bit of facts right here about that Superman and Lois thing. So, super, and I know this is like twenty years later, but Superman and Lois do have a kid. But it's when Superman goes back to an alternate Krypton or on a Kryptonian-style planet where there is a red sun with Lois because he's afraid she'll die giving birth to their super child. So there is concern, but it's not about the sperm. So okay, I had to fix that up. Blow it out her back. Yeah, poof. Um, does Brody not work at the mall? Thought he worked at the comic book store. We got that. Yes. Um, Mighty Mouse Striptease. I would have loved to see that. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> Just <laughs> a cutaway Mouse. gag. <laughs> I said, look, it's Chasing Amy. Same question as Ben Affleck. Two different characters. <laughs> yep. Ew, she's 15 and she's boning 30 rolls. Hard pass, bro. Next. Yeah. <laughs> next note. 15 and 25, bye. I can understand if she was 17 or 18, because that's legal in some states, but she's 15, dude. Kevin, no. No, Kevin. Kevin. Kevin, no. <laughs> uh, Walt Flanagan, tell him, Steve Dave. Is that Brian Johnson? Oh, oh shit, it is. Yeah, no, those are just some of uh, Kevin Smith's friends that I recognize from Comic Book Men and their podcast. Tell him, Steve Dave. Mm. 
But um, that whole like Trisha Jones character, take her out of the movie. Absolutely disgusting and ridiculous. Why is that even a character? If I ever had the chance to sit down and talk to Kevin Smith, that would be the only thing I would ask him. Why Trisha Jones? Why is she 14 banging 30-year-olds? 15 banging 30-year-olds. It doesn't matter. It's still the same. Like, <laughs> I, have to, I have to correct you. Like, I understand if she was 15 and she was banging 14 to 18-year-olds because if you're still in high school, there's that whole, like, Romeo and Juliet clause thing yes. that Michael Bay brought up in Transformers 4, but whatever. So it's like, you know, sh- sure, but... She says she, her age range is 14 to 25, and a book publisher gave her a huge advance to make the book. A book publisher promoted child, like, sex slavery. Yeah, slavery. Yes. But, like, child sex, like, yeah. Not cool, man. It was super weird. That was such the weirdest plot line there was. I was like, what is happening? Why is this a thing? Well, you I had the like final this. way for for Brody to get Shannon punch him in the face (laughs) punch him in the face he's Ben fucking Affleck he'll kill you yeah cause Ben Affleck's jaw is like a fucking razor blade (laughs) god anyway back to my notes boobies yes that was um Brandy's character no that wasn't Brandy that was um uh Amy's uh chasing Amy I thought her name was Brandy in this movie no. It is. Uh, no, Brandy is the girlfriend. Oh, shit, right. Um, no, it was, um... But, 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 I don't think... Oh, it was Gwen. Gwen, yeah. Uh, where, uh, she's trying on the leather jacket with no shirt on. I was like, why? <laughs> she was a bombshell back in the day. She's good-looking, don't get me wrong. It was just, like, it was weird. I was, I was like, why is this, why is this happening? Anyway... Mm. Uh, Ben, Ben is a little baby face man. Yes, yes he is. <laughs> I didn't know he was an unknown actor at this point, which is funny. Uh, Brody has a cup with nothing in it since he started this entire movie. The cup has had like nothing in it. He well, knocks no, into, I... he knocks into Shannon right at the beginning when he walks into the mall and then he just carries the cup until as, he gets as, it refilled as, with as Coke. As, we, as far as we know, he gets it like filled up off camera with Coke. No ice. That's just ridiculous. He just has a cup. Uh, longest elevator ever. Is it broken? It could be. I but once again, it could be the, the emergency stop. Yeah. But also, the elevator's fucking huge. What mall elevator is the size of my bedroom? Yeah, that was a large-ass fucking elevator. I was like, what's happening? Um, inside the elevator, there's a line where she's like, too little, too late. And they talk about his dick, and I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, that's a good line. Um, too elbow little. To the, <laughs> elbow to the booby. That was pretty good. <laughs> Quint turns around and elbows um, Gwen in the boob, and then she just fucking, like, rocks his dick. I was like, that sucks. We're, we're such fucking children. I was like... Boobie. Boobies. I was like, it was an accident. He didn't mean to elbow your tit on purpose. And then she, you fucking knock him she, in the balls. She dropped down and went full, like, axe swing up. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that's the worst ever. No. Um... Walt Flanagan with a wig and a mustache where he's on the stage carrying the um the podium. That's the same guy as who yelled, Tell him, Steve Dave. <laughs> I love I love Walt. He's great. Um that arm metaphor is fucking facts, dude. Like <laughs> Courtney was sleeping when I was watching this movie, but I wanted her to see that scene and just point at it and go, hmm. <laughs> because like 
not the metaphor is facts, but like the, the the whole scene with the arm where it's like you put the one arm around her, but where the fuck do you put the other arm? You put the other arm over your head, but then it gets dislocated, and then you gotta like knock it back into place. Where do you put the other arm? That's that's my question, guys. Where do you yeah, put the other true. arm? Very true. Very very true. Yeah, because like the other arm is just like dead. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, now he's filling up the cup. <laughs> uh, ben is definitely not the same character. Uh, Stanley looks great with a beard. Dante's looking like a baby. He has a mullet and no beard, and he looks like a fucking child. Yeah, it's weird on how he looks, like, age differently-wise. Yeah, I, I, my next note is, I feel like Kevin filmed this movie first and then did Clerks. Everyone looks so much younger. I think it's just Dante shaved, though. I don't know. <laughs> it's just because everybody was clean-shaven and, like, with Hollywood cameras and stuff. Um, airplane jerk-off joke. That was fucking funny. Um, this movie is just okay. I had a different vision in my head. They say uh, the R word a lot. Uh, the, the good old days, you know, back when you could say words. Um, they arrested him for boning a minor, but it was consensual. Not excusing it, because it's still gross, but she's also writing a book about it. Isn't that fucked up too? Why was this the plot point? I was talking about this um, in my head. I was trying to, like, set up this, um... This, like... Why? So... If, I don't even know if I mentioned it while we were filming this episode, because I just want to reiterate it. Like, mm. if Brody's plan was for Shan- uh, was for um, Trisha to go get the sex tape between her and Shannon, wouldn't Brody also get arrested at the same time for having known about the sex tape? He would, because basically he'd be like, "Look, here's child porn on live TV." Wouldn't not, Brody get in trouble because he talked about it? Not he, he wouldn't get in trouble because eventually Trisha would say that it was hers. But wouldn't Brody also get arrested uh, for that stunt? I don't think so because he's bringing evidence forward. I think the network would get in trouble for airing child pornography. Mm, maybe. God, I might have to bleep some of this stuff. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. That's part We're of the movie. About, talk about the movie. Uh, yeah, talk about the movie. So, I don't know, man. It was just super weird. That whole Trisha Jones character, I was like, she could have been so much better if they just made her, like, the smart, like, sassy girl who showed up every couple scenes and just made fun of uh, Quint and Brody and Jane Silent Bob for being stupid. Yeah. Instead, she was this little sex girl. I was like, this is weird. Well, remember, like, in, like, her, her freaking, like, her title crawl was, like, um, like, weapon sex. Yeah, that's why I thought she was... Uh, I didn't even recognize that was the same character uh, when, the mo- when the movie first started up. But I thought she was just going to be, like, um, just a smart, nerdy girl who was going to be sassy every once in a while because she was, like, a mm. young kid. It yeah. ended up being way worse. Uh, yeah. And then I said, don't think this mo- ending is canon to the Viewerskew universe because Brody doesn't do shit afterwards. And then you then mentioned I, that it was. So yeah, yeah. It was mentioned in, I think, Strikes Back. Yeah, where that he, he loses... won his own game show and then he yeah. the money or whatever, yeah. Okay, so um, before I, I I have my movie notes, but I I witnessed something. So I have it up. I'm gonna share my screen with you. People might not be able to see it. Um, so I'm gonna share my screen. If it's a picture, oh, just show the audience when you edit it. I I can't share my screen. I'm gonna take a picture of it, then send it to you. Okay, cool. So um, there actually is a, a production guy that you can see. I can't fuck, of course, because you know. Everything just sucks nowadays. I can't um, screen cap anything. 
because shit sucks and they don't want me to leak anything. Okay, so in the in the comic book scene, you, you see a sound guy in the background, like okay. like 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 legit a sound guy. Cool, I guess. Just at like at twenty at twenty eight minutes thirty seconds, you see a guy wearing a headset and like a kind of like, a, like a, a voice box for it. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. I didn't even notice it. I was too busy like thinking about that whole fucking like Trisha character. I was like, why? <laughs> Remember, I analyze scenes. All right. <clears throat> yeah. My movie notes: Mike Rooker butt cheeks. <laughs> Yeah, dude. God, um, uh, very mean to fart when getting head. Because <laughs> they talked about that in one scene. <laughs> where, yeah, like, yeah. Where, where, where Brody once farted when he was getting head from yep. Renee. I'm like, that's mean. <laughs> that's that's a very fucking, mean. <laughs> that's a big fear I have. You just gotta, like, hope and pray it doesn't happen. Yes. Um,. Uh, this is when they got the sock full of quarters. Where did they get the quarters from? They're Jay and Silent Bob. They don't got money. They probably just stole it. Um, or drugs. And for forgot in the nineties, real men didn't read comic books or collect yep. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, sleeping till one p.m. is not bad. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Read your next note. Fuck you. Jay and Silent <laughs> Bob being the shit out of the Easter Bunny is golden. That, that was a good scene. Um, I think I, um, this is when, uh, they went up to the two other contestants. I said, I think Jay had no script for that. I don't think Jay ever has a script. That's fair enough. When he's playing himself, essentially. Uh, then I, I, then my, my, um, reiteration that this is kind of tied with Captain Marvel in a way. Yeah. That this movie exists in the Captain Marvel universe. Therefore, Captain Marvel kind of exists within the outside world of the VSQ universe. In a way, yes. And that was really all my notes. If I can... Uh, I'm so mad I can't have the fucking picture to show you. I'm so <laughs> upset. I, I, I'm legit, like, so upset right now. It's all good. I'll, uh, I'll look at it. I'll, I'll look at it. I'll uh, look it up online, see if I can find it there. I'll see if I can do something on YouTube. Yeah, and if you can find it, shoot it up and post it here. No, right now I'll, I'll post it where I'll post it where I originally fucking talked about it. But also do it here, right now. No, fuck you. Ready, Zach? Now. I hate you. <laughs> I hate everything about you, <laughs> Zach. Now. <laughs> I'll kill you. Anyway, um, let's move on to the review section before we close up with our uh, personal reviews. So. The review website Rotten Tomatoes lists a 57% positive rating of Mallrats based on 46 reviews. The site's critics consensus reads Mallrats colorfully expands the Viewersky universe even if its snoochies has lost some of its boochies boasted by its beloved predecessor. Zach, you gave this movie just a little bit higher than me. Can you give me the good review, por favor? Yes, I can. Uh, this is Allison Rose off of Flick Direct, 4 out of 5. Uh, London and Lee expertly lead the cast of Misfit Toys in an appropriate follow-up to the Smiths' debut of Clerks. I do not agree with that. Uh, bad review. Bob Thomas from Associate Press. He gave it a rotten score. Uh, how can a reviewer write about a movie that makes Dumb and Dumber seem like Merchant Ivory production? <laughs> That was okay. like I, I had to go with the harshest one possible that I saw. <laughs> That's like the worst review ever. Oh my god, this movie's not that bad. 
And um, I, I, I think, you know, both of those reviews are from, well, I think the bad one is from 2019. The first one is, like, from a couple months ago. Yeah, the only bad thing about um, getting reviews from Rotten Tomatoes is not all of them were made when the movies came out. But I still feel like that's good because we're giving our personal reviews in the year we're watching the movie. So, you know. Yes, and works. we also are sharing reviews from people who saw yeah. it recently. Yeah. So, I'm ge- I gave this movie five snoochie boochies out of ten. <laughs> I gave this a 5.5, proposing on the Universal Tour Jaws section out of ten. This movie is fine. It's definitely not what I expected it to be, but it fits in the View Askew universe. Personally, as of right this second, it is in my View Askew ranking at the bottom, underneath Clerks 1. Right now, it's Clerks at number one, Mallrats at number two. As we go through the View Askew universe on this podcast, I will update my rankings accordingly. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I I think this is one of the more weaker ones out it, of this. Out this of all this of one is along the lines of the animated Jay and Silent Bob movie. Like I, it's like just I, I there. Still, I, I still personally think, and I'll probably get a lot of flack for this. I think like w- a movie that is not as weak as this was definitely the, the Jansaw Bob reboot. I love that movie. It was great. I, I, I like it, but it's not as strong as I would want it to be. Oh no, I totally believe you. I get it. Uh, I think my favorite movie is probably Clerks. You can't beat Clerks, dude. Oh yeah, no one can beat Clerks. Um, I love Jay and Silent Bob. I like Yoga Hosers. Tusk is awesome. Tusk is um, gonna be a fucking nightmare. Tusk is fantastic. I like, um, what's that movie? Uh, no, I don't like Chasing Amy, but I like the characters in Chasing Amy, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I think the movie is slow and drawn out and meh, but the characters are really well written. Yeah. So. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of other stuff. Like, uh, I, I, I like the view skew. I, I'm interested if there's, I, I, what, is is the reboot the, the final film in, in the franchise? Um, technically, yes. If you don't count the horror movies that um Kevin Smith puts out, uh, Kevin Smith is doing a trilogy of Canadian-based horror movies. The first one was Tusk, the second one is Yoga Hosers, and the third one is Moose Jaws, which will canonically kill Silent Bob. So, really. Yep, he said that's going to be Silent Bob's final movie appearance when it does come out, which is why he delayed it until after Jay and Silent Bob reboot came out. Okay, that's that's cool. It was supposed to come out in 2019 uh, or last year, but then with the Jay and Silent Bob reboot coming out last year, he wanted his timeline to be set proper. So I, get I, it, I do like the the references in, in, uh, in reboot where Kevin Smith is just a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's, he's himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fucking funny. He's like, fuck you guys, I like money. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's some fun shit. So, right. without further ado, Zacky Boy, feed <clears throat> us that outro. Um, let me just wet my whistle a little bit. Wet that whistle, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for uh, listening and watching. You can follow us on Instagram at Box Office Losers and on Twitter at Box Losers, but mainly follow the um, Instagram. That's kind of where we post whenever the episode is released and other random art that we find. Twitter, um, I'm probably going to have to give that over to you because you're better at hashtags than I am. I just don't use Twitter in general. I hate Twitter. Oh, uh, understandable. I don't even uh, use it personally. Like, people just complain too much on Twitter. I just like Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel and on Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are find, found. Leave a review. Share with your friends. Really, it'd be, it'd be great to do that. Um, I recently uh, saw one of my friends at a game store. He actually said, 
he listened to one of our episodes, so that was pretty nice. dope. Nice. That's awesome. Thank you, friend. Yes. Uh, Hunter, where can they find you? You can find me at Scruffy Moose Man on all social media platforms. You can find me every Tuesday at 10 a. Every other Tuesday at 10 a.m. at Pound That Button, uh, which is the PlayStation podcast. You can find me every Wednesday, uh, except for this last week because uh, so we're technically this week because um, we skipped an episode because my coworker is my coworker and co-host is sick. But you can find it every Wednesday at 10 a.m. at Android's Amazing Podcast. And now Thursday, you can find Farthest Galaxy, a Star Wars podcast, every Thursday at 10 a.m. I host it with my buddy Alex. We just talked the wars, man. Go check out the trailer. It's super fun. It's like a 37-minute trailer, but that's also because it's kind of episode zero. So give us a little slack. And thank you guys so much for listening to all the podcasts we do. Zachy Boy, where can we find you? You can find me at Dark Shadow Zake literally everywhere. Look at him go. He's when I say everywhere, I mean everywhere. I legit, I have capitalized on that name. Now, you can also find me on the Sports Hit List every Thursday for the AEW Injection, which I which I have, which I host with my co-host, uh, Nick, Mr. No Days Off. We just talk about um, AEW and the recent episodes and everything. Um, yeah, I think that will do it for today, guys. Sounds cool. Um, I'm going to do an old outro I used to do for a lot of stuff. I think you know it. Don't forget, guys, have a good day, night, morning, afternoon, whenever the hell you're listening to this. Peace out. Peace. Son of Jarrell, kneel before Sod! Snoochie boochies. (laughs) Ha ha!